What's up guys, welcome to Mid Convo. And this week we have a very special guest. She's actually our first female guest on the show. Her name is Pamela Vong. She is a self-made entrepreneur and local baker in the greater Seattle area. So let's roll intro music. What is up, Pam? Hi. Pam or Pamela? Pam. Pam? Okay, cool. Um, thank you for coming on to the show. Thank uh, you. Just introduce you as basically a self made entrepreneur, local baker. So maybe you can introduce yourself and yeah. tell the audience, the listeners, and the viewers mm -hmm. who you are and what you do. Okay, so uh, I'm Pamela, Pam, and I'm 22 years old, and I started a business called The Flower Box. And right now I'm specializing in making brioche donuts, filled donuts, and I've been popping around, popping up around Seattle for the past year. And mm -hmm. right now I'm planning a brick and mortar store. Ooh, what is a brioche donut? Like, so, what, is it, <laughs> what does it look like? So it's I not, might throw a photo, like, psh, like right here. <laughs> yeah, so it's not your typical like ring-shaped donut, like Krispy Kreme. Uh, they're mm. uh, filled donuts, and brioche is just a fancy term, a uh, French term for dough, which is enriched with eggs and butter. So it's just like a slightly richer, more flavorful dough. So, Dude, yeah. awesome. Um, how, where, like how long have you been doing this? Like the Flower Box mm -hmm. Seattle and have you been, like how have you grown your business? I know, what magazines were you featured on? Uh, I was in Seattle Magazine in their best of the best restaurants issue for September Ooh. 2018. Nice. Yeah. That must have been a pretty big deal for your business. Oh yeah, it was. Um, when Seattle Mag first contacted me, they just told me like, oh, we're going to do a donut tasting of donuts around Seattle. Mm -hmm. And they asked me to bring some donuts in. So then I did. And they were saying that they would write an article on it in September. So I didn't hear anything from them like the whole summer pretty mm -hmm. much. So I was wondering, oh, am I still going to be featured? And I was getting doubtful. And I was like, okay, well, I'll forget about it. Mm -hmm. And then I went on a trip summer trip to Hawaii so I wasn't around or anything but uh, when I got back I heard that I was in the magazine and they chose uh, Dude, my donuts as the best awesome. in Seattle so it was crazy so just to confirm you're basically saying you have a business mm -hmm. called the flower box Seattle and you don't have a, a actual store yet so could you explain like how how are, <laughs> how are you a business and you don't have an actual storefront how well, do you make money? How do you grow it? <laughs> it's all from social media, thanks to Instagram. So um, way back in college, I started using Instagram for the first time. And uh, that was when I also got into baking. I started posting on there and I posted for the flower box. And my following just grew from there. And I started to do pop-ups. And uh, yeah, everyone just found out from Instagram. And that's how I'm uh, running right now. That's crazy. So you've built your you've built your business just off of social media, Pretty and much. we're not talking about just a little like side hustle. Like this mm -hmm. is your full time gig right now, mm -hmm. and you got featured in magazines and all these things, and you haven't even built a store yet. No, not yet. So it's like far from the traditional route. Yeah, I'm really grateful for social media for that. That's crazy. So how did you come up with the name the flower box? <laughs> so. Uh, it's really cheesy, but I like puns a lot, so I knew I wanted to have a pun in the name. And uh, obviously, <laughs> everything's <laughs> served in boxes. The donuts yeah. are served in boxes, and 
Uh, when I was choosing a name, I was daydreaming about like a potential storefront, and I knew that I wanted a really cute place with like lots of windows and flower boxes in the front. Mm -hmm. So I just did a pun with flower. <laughs> and, That's awesome. Yeah. So you just said that you've been daydreaming about like a, mm -hmm. a storefront. Yeah. But is that has that dream now become more of like a reality oh, as yeah. you've started to like more so build your business? Yeah. So uh, right now I'm currently waiting on a space. I already found one and I'm just waiting for approval. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, it's scary. <laughs> it's all happening yeah. so quickly because I just started selling donuts like a year, mm -hmm. a year plus a few months ago. And I'm already like thinking of a store. Yeah, that's a lot of ground covered. Yeah. Man, so let maybe let's talk about maybe a little bit how you started out. Mm -hmm. Um, basically the title of this episode is unlocking your potential and I mean we talked briefly before the podcast but <laughs> you can grab it Victor come on Victor's here Pam's boyfriend good friend of mine it's how we know each other but um, he just dropped his phone <laughs> um, so we talked briefly before the podcast we were before we started filming we were grabbing food and grabbing uh, breakfast, but basically you were talking about how um, you weren't always like this. I mean, obviously it takes a lot of uh, extroverted qualities to run your own business. Like, especially if you're running on social media, you have mm -hmm. to be a little bit more vulnerable. Oh, yeah. You have to kind of put yourself out there because basically the flower box is also you. Mm -hmm. You're building yourself behind your brand. And so how were you always like that? How, how, did you get to the point you are now? Yeah, not at all. Um, I've always been super shy throughout my life, like ever since I was a little kid. Um, but I started posting on Instagram in college, like I said. So uh, even though I didn't talk to people in real life, like I would always post like captions and stuff and uh, talk a lot about my life, like random events and stuff. So that helped me feel more comfortable, like sharing on media. Mm -hmm. And so, the flower box has helped a lot with that because I can connect with the followers that I have, the audience, and uh, it hasn't been easy. I'm still learning right now, but mm -hmm. uh, the flower box is really helping me to connect with people, which I haven't been able to do before. So, mm -hmm. so how did you stumble um, upon like the flower box? Like a lot of people, like the reason why this podcast I think is so valuable for the people we have conversations with is like. A lot of people don't understand that this isn't what you initially sought out to do. Mm -hmm. Like whatever passion most people have, they probably had a plan beforehand that yep. didn't really work <laughs> out. So that's why they just stumbled upon whatever they're doing now. Right. So maybe you could talk about a little bit. What did you do before the flower box? Mm -hmm. How did that come about? Like your first pop up shop and what your initial goals were like maybe when you were in high school or college yeah so in high school um i was like the typical asian kid uh i was considering the medical route like optometry or pharmacy and um in college that's what i was going for and i was gonna pursue a psychology degree maybe become like a physical therapist or something i was considering all kinds of things but not anything in the food world, mm -hmm. nothing related to baking or cooking, especially because no one in my family does that. Uh, no one really cooks or bakes or anything. So it was like <laughs> completely out of the question. Um, but 
I took a baking class as it was a birthday gift from my aunt. I took a baking class, we made cookies, and I really enjoyed it for some reason. I just really enjoyed it and connected with it. So uh, I went home, started baking, and that's how the hobby started. Like I just mm -hmm. did it every week after school and college, and it became something to look forward to because. Mm -hmm. uh, like I planned what I would make, I found recipes online to try out, and I mean, school was a mess, personal life was a mess, but like I said, um, baking provided structure in an unstructured life, so. That's a nugget right there, guys. <laughs> Passion chasing, yes. I like what you just said. <laughs> so, um, yeah, baking just, it was something that relieved stress when it was a really dark time in my life, so. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm glad it was there because it brought me to where I am now. <laughs> Basically, baking helped you unlock your full potential to who mm -hmm. you are today. Um, so you you basically were going to college while also pursuing, at the time, you didn't know it was going to be a business. Yeah. And that, I think that's funny because a lot of times people, when they try to think of their passion, they immediately think of money. How to make like, it a business. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. how, I'm, I kind of like this, how do, but how do I yeah. make money from it? And I think that's where most people fall off mm -hmm. because you have to first enjoy it, love it, and then yeah. when you get good at it, it's like, okay, maybe we can make this a business. Yeah. So maybe for yourself, when did that bridge happen? So you're obviously going to college, um, so you're going through some dark times in, like, your, in your college years and your high school years, but at what point was like, okay, baking, I'm going to take this to the next level. I want mm -hmm. to make this a business now. Because so, it was just a side passion hobby yeah, of yours yeah, that you did on the weekends. Yeah, it was just a hobby. Yeah, yeah, I had no idea. I was just posting what I made on Instagram. And uh, I think a f only a few months into it, some random strangers started messaging me asking if I would sell my cakes or like my baked goods. And I decided why not, sure, because I was just in school, didn't have a job, and I was thinking it would be a fun way to make some extra money. So I did some cake orders and... Uh, eventually, like a few more months into it, they started coming in <laughs> more quickly. And so I did cakes for, I would say, almost a year, just randomly while I was still in school. And then uh, I decided to try other things because I was kind of like tired of cakes, sort of. And I wanted to try donuts because I noticed that Seattle doesn't have too many artisan donut shops. So that's something I wanted to try out. And uh, one day, um, I shared my donuts at my mom's open house because she's a real estate agent. So I just had a platter of donuts out for people to take and try just to see what people thought of them. And that's when I met a friend of mine named Tony and he encouraged me to do pop-ups. So uh, that's what led to my very first pop-up last September at West Elm. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much when I decided this could be a real thing. Like when, when I popped up and it was a huge success that's awesome. Yeah. I know you mentioned uh, earlier that basically, guys, if you, for those of you who don't know, West, West Elm is a very like well-known furniture yeah. um, store slash community, very like interior design based um, store that's out in the Seattle area. It's really well-known. It's like high-end yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. And you basically did a pop-up there for your first official one. Yeah. And you said it wasn't paid. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I was not so very confident. did you do confident. everything on your own dollar, like your own mm -hmm. dime? All yeah. the materials, everything oh, yeah. you set up on your own. Yeah, so uh, I was very, um, very nervous, and I wasn't very confident. I just wanted to try it out. Um, 
but I gave out the donuts for free because I wasn't comfortable charging people yet. Wow. But they ran out super quickly, so I, I kind of decided, yeah, I probably should, should mm -hmm. start doing this for real. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's crazy though, but you gave all your donuts for free. Yeah. And kind of going by what we were just talking about before, a lot of people try to make their passion into a business, mm -hmm. but you, you built it the opposite way. You yeah, built it the way where you're you not really that. making money, mm -hmm. and then it kind of just presented itself, right? That's so cool. So what would you say would be um, the biggest lesson that you've learned while passion chasing and trying to be make Flower Box like a business? Uh, biggest lesson would be not to let self-doubt consume you because mm -hmm. I have a lot of that. I mean, like throughout my whole life, I've been very insecure, uh, not confident at all in my abilities and that's why baking spoke to me because like uh, people enjoyed what I made and it told me that I can do something well and that's why it's so special to me because it boosts my self-confidence, my sense of self-worth and it means a lot so that's why the flower box is it's more than just a business to me it's like my life <laughs> kind of yeah yeah definitely yeah. I mean I can resonate to that like I mean video I feel like is, is mm -hmm. my life and what I love doing yeah. um, what would you tell what would you tell younger Pam in college. If, oh, if you know what you know now, what would you tell younger Pam, like maybe freshman year in college, uh, high school, like what would you tell her if you can meet her right now? If I'm being completely honest, uh, I would probably tell my younger self, like, don't be so caught up in relationship drama. <laughs> Ooh, okay, okay. Because that was going on at the time. Yeah. Um, that affected my self-esteem a ton. Like I was always frustrated, always stressed, didn't feel happy or anything. Um, I felt like my life was going nowhere pretty much and I had no idea what I was doing. I would tell myself to just push on. And like, I always had like a creative side to me, I guess, because I grew up like wanting to be a fashion designer or interior designer or just anything in the creative field. And uh, that, that's always been inside, but throughout high school and college, it was just kind of suppressed because I thought I should be doing what everyone else is doing, like being a doctor or something like that. And um, yeah, I would just tell myself to follow what feels best to me, like do what makes me happy, you know, as cheesy as that sounds. No, it's not cheesy, say. yeah, definitely. I mean, relationships are a huge part. <laughs> I mean, it. It's not even cheesy or cliche because it's so true. Like, it is. <laughs> and the thing is about relationship is you don't know that you're in a bad one mm -hmm. until you get out of it, and right. then you're like, oh, dude, that <laughs> relationship was so bad for right. me. And like single-handedly, like that one person can single-handedly ruin like the next ten years of your life if you're not careful yeah. about like where you're investing your time. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's so funny because our parents growing up, they're always like that's why you shouldn't date when you're super I young. Know, exactly. But then us being young, we're like, well, what do you mean? Like, I'm an yeah. adult now, I can't date. But I it's, it's not the fact that, like, we don't enjoy other people's company or we don't wanna, we can't show affection. We can all, we're all capable of that at a young age, mm -hmm. but we don't know what we want in life. And when you have that variable, which is another person in your life, it skews yeah. a lot of what you wanna do. Exactly. Yeah? Yeah. So how did you, um, how did you get out of that uh -huh. zone? Well, that was, it's funny because when 
uh, I got out of that relationship, that was at the same time as that turning point where I started making donuts and started popping up. So um, pretty much as soon as I was out of that relationship, I started doing pop-ups consecutively, and that's when the flower box blew up. Yeah, yeah. So, like, this past year has been huge for me, because yeah. that's when it happened, like, a year ago. Yeah. And uh, everything's changed. It's crazy. crazy. You basically glowed up as soon as you <laughs> dropped your ex. You could say that's that. That's so funny. That's so yeah. hilarious. Yeah. So, um, a lot of times when people talk about passion chasing or... Um, especially our age, which is mm -hmm. anyone between the ages of 18 and 25. Like, obviously, if you're past 25, doesn't mean you, you're not, you can't be in college, but yeah. there's this very pivotal age bracket where everything is so important in your life. Like, who your friends are is so important, what you're doing in life is so mm -hmm. important, and you obviously chose this more untraditional entrepreneurial path, yeah. but you said you were in school. Yeah. So how did you pivot out of that like did you just drop out of college did you just like all right well i want to do baking i'm gonna drop college i'm gonna drop out drop all my classes and i'm just gonna go into this like instagram mm -hmm. baking community uh, How, what was that transition look like for you so uh i was at uw for two years and i was just kind of exploring like taking random classes uh hoping to get a psych degree and uh, during those two years i I guess it wasn't really a right fit for me. I didn't feel like I belonged and I was just kind of lost. So I took a big risk and I just dropped out of UW. Um, and my parents were like, they weren't exactly happy about that, of course. I mean, what parent would, would like to hear that their kid's dropping out? But um, I did continue school. I went to Renton Tech and uh, I was deciding like, what should I major in? What should I pursue? And I decided that small business management and entrepreneurship would work because that was when uh, I was like doing cake orders and everything. I was like, oh, this will be helpful <laughs> when I'm starting starting like somewhat of a business through social media. So um, that's what I did for a year and a half. And I finished that, got my degree in small business management. And um, looking back on it, I'm glad that I did it. But honestly, a lot of what you learn is outside of school. So. I'm still learning right now, even though I'm done. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like what you learned in small business management and entrepreneurship, like that course was helpful for you? Like for oh, what yeah, you do now? Oh yeah, for sure. Cause I had no idea like anything about business. I, I didn't know a thing. So it was helpful for sure. But, yeah. Uh, most importantly, I met a lot of really great people there. Like I learned about their experiences and stuff. And that's what I enjoyed the most, like meeting new people. Yeah, so, I mean, school is different for everyone. For me, I mean, uh, UW wasn't a right fit, but it is a great school, of course, so I'm not, like, saying anything bad about it. It just happened to be that, um, for me, the right path was getting out of there just because it was associated with certain things that I wanted to get away from, <laughs> yeah. so. Past, yeah. past memories. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, you mentioned that your parents weren't really, like, happy about mm -hmm. you making the decisions to not major in like a medical mm -hmm. or a typical like very typical prestigious university yeah, typically like a money-making job yeah. um so how how did you break through that i'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this right now mm -hmm. that have some sort of passion where they are absolutely terrified by maybe potentially having to tell their mom and dad that 
I don't want to go to school anymore. Yeah. So how, like, yeah, well, how did that go down for you? Uh, well, um, I'd say my mom was surprisingly like okay. Like she wasn't happy, but she wasn't mad at me or anything. She she's always been really supportive of what I want to do. Like ever since I was in grade school, um, I had a lot of different um, interests when I was in grade school. Like I jumped from like wanting to be a fashion designer, interior designer, chef, architect, like just a ton of random stuff. Yeah. But no matter what I was interested in, she was supportive of it. So I'm. Like, I love her for that. Um, I remember when I was in, like, second grade or so, all I watched on TV was Food Network. <laughs> like, I didn't watch cartoons or anything. It was just Food Network, like, HGTV, maybe some Disney Channel. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I always loved watching things about food. Mm -hmm. So that's always been in me ever since I was little. And on weekends, like... My older sister, she was in middle school, like a teenager. She always slept in on weekends, but my mom, she would take me out really early and we'd go like try different restaurants every week. Oh, that's and, sweet. Yeah. yeah, and those are some of my favorite, favorite memories from my childhood. It's like nothing fancy, but they mean a lot to me. Mm -hmm. And so food's always meant a lot, but I just never saw it as a career or anything because we don't cook a lot at home or anything. So um, I guess... It's always been there, but never came out until I started the flower box. So, mm. so your mom's always been supportive, though. Yeah, yeah. Even now, she she helps out with everything, like with pop-ups, and uh, like I tell her everything. Like whenever I get an order, I tell her about it. Or if I have mm. ideas, she listens. And uh, sometimes she's really critical, or sometimes she's very enthusiastic. But no matter what, she listens, and that means the most to me because someone's there listening. Mm -hmm. And. My dad, he hasn't been exactly supportive, uh, as supportive because he's more traditional and mm -hmm. he has always encouraged me to like be a doctor or um, or maybe like do business, like big business, not not like opening my own little bakery. Yeah. But, um, but it's a work in progress. Mm -hmm. I mean, I always tell myself like I'll prove him wrong. Like I can be successful mm -hmm. at what I do and mm -hmm. do what I love. So, mm -hmm. and I think. Just going along with that, I never, I think when people say like, oh, my, my parent isn't supportive or maybe you're, you, for you, like your dad isn't supportive. And it's important that we don't ever get like resentment by that or like a very like wrong attitude because we just have to understand that they grew up in a very different time than we're growing up. Mm -hmm. So they just don't understand that, you know, you can make money doing what you love because back then it's like if you want to make big money you got to open you got to do real estate you got to own property you got to be a doctor or a lawyer and so like we can't really like blame our parents for wanting us to like be successful right yeah. because for them it doesn't process like what people are posting on instagram as a shout out and <laughs> yeah. someone's paying a thousand dollars there's like that's not real that's yeah basically like wake up and smell them. a coffee kind of thing right mm -hmm. But it's important that we don't grow like bitter to that because it's like they just don't understand, right? right? And it's our jobs to help them understand, yeah. right? It's our jobs to kind of show, not just say that we're gonna like yeah. do something. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really important. It's cool to see that like, your mom is like very supportive of like oh, yeah. all this stuff. She's like the, <laughs> she's like my biggest fan, biggest supporter, and that's awesome. Almost like a partner because I. 
I tell her everything. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. It's good that you have a support system, right? right? Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting that you basically had this underlying feeling of cooking at a very young age. I mean, mm -hmm. you didn't know what it was when you were yeah. in second grade, obviously. I don't even know what I was doing in second grade. <laughs> I, I literally wasn't doing anything. I was just like playing basketball or playing sports and I had no passions or anything like that. But mm -hmm. basically what happens from second grade to college is you basically get molded by society, right? Like society is saying like, go to this school, get this degree, get this mm -hmm. corporate job and make $100,000 a year. And that sounds really fancy to you. So you kind of just like fed all this, like spoon fed this stuff. But then for some, that underlying thing when they were a child comes back up and they right. make it into a business. For others, they feel like it's not worth it. And like, I'm not even knocking people who have a job. Mm -hmm. If you have a corporate job, you work nine to five and you're making six figures, dude, that's awesome. Like, and if you love what you do and you love vacation time, that's success right there if you're happy where you are. And it's like money does not always mean success. Oh, yeah. But I just feel bad for the people who feel like what they love, they can't turn into a business, right? Like like you make donuts and you make cakes, right? Who you might have thought who's going to pay me yeah. to make donuts like at the time, right? Like for me it's like dude, who's going to pay me to shoot videos? I'm not even that good, but I think that's that huge disconnect between like the masses and like the 1%, which is like people who are patient, uh, passion chasing, like that bridge, like closing that gap in between yeah. and understanding that you can do what you love and make money from it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, honestly, I'm really grateful for the, the dark times through high school and college, because if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't have found baking or I wouldn't have even like found it as life-changing as it was so um, yeah it I do it because it makes me happy like mm -hmm. originally it wasn't intended to be a business or or anything but it just happened to be that way because it meant that much to me like personally and emotionally it it helped me a lot so mm -hmm. I feel like I kind of like owe it to baking <laughs> to, yeah, yeah, to pursue definitely. it because mm -hmm. like like I said in high school I was thinking all like medical field pretty much and uh, I realized through um, just not being happy, I realized that I should do what makes me happy for a change. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I decided to go with it, because mm -hmm. otherwise I wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important for people to find what makes them happy and just start from there. They don't have to see it as a business or, or worry about money or anything. Just find something that makes you happy first. Mm -hmm. That's really important. I love that. So if you were going through that like hard time when you were, um, you even said you were dealing with like depression, yeah. like thoughts of just like really not wanting to be around mm -hmm. and just dealing with that. What would you say would be like the action plan now that you're not in a zone like that? Um, obviously doing what you love, but actually like nailing more down into that. What could you do? Like if you're in that situation, like practical things where maybe tomorrow you can implement that help you like not think that way or get out of those kind of like zones okay. of being depressed or not feeling good enough and like self-doubt. Yeah, um, it's kind of tough to answer because it's different for everyone. But for me, um, it was mostly a lack of confidence and uh, not feeling good enough, not smart enough or like pretty enough or talented enough. Um, so it was a lot of just confidence issues. Um, uh, shoot. I mean, 
I'm still struggling with it now. So mm -hmm. I don't, I feel like I'm not qualified to give any advice, mm -hmm. but I mean, I think it's really important to find something that. Like an should. outlet, like an outlet yeah, basically. Somewhat of an outlet. I mean, I know self care is a like trending word right now. I mm -hmm. think that's really important actually. I wish I would have practiced that a lot sooner because it just takes the simple things like uh, telling yourself you did great today or mm -hmm. just celebrating little moments and stuff. So I guess I would say just start by recognizing like just the small good things that happen. Maybe even writing it down, keeping them in a jar. Oh, I so, like that. I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah. yeah, just like keeping track of small good things. Like even if it's tiny, it doesn't even matter. It's just good to try to be positive. That's good. That's exactly what I was... I mean, you answered my question. Basically, something that someone can implement tomorrow is the small wins. Yeah. Because we get bombarded in today's society with, oh, like, you got like entrepreneurs blowing up over here, starting their own business and, and all these like crazy things that they're doing and you might feel like, well, I'm not doing anything. Yeah, it's very easy to feel yeah. discouraged, but I mean, just try remembering the good. And that's all. Sweet. So where is the Flower Box Seattle going from here? <laughs> like, I know you basically mentioned, um, I mean, you basically have grown your business on social media. Yeah. and. We're not talking about just some digital, like you are creating product and selling to people yeah. in person yeah. and you run your business on social media, but you're trying to take it to the next level now and you're trying to set up an actual store. Mm -hmm. um, what is your plan? What does that look like for you? I mean, obviously you don't have it all figured out, yeah. but do you want to maybe have your own store, have employees? Um, well, yeah, what is that? Yeah, what is like sure. the one year, two year scope look like for you? So hopefully within the next year, I will have a store opened up. But I mean, a year, that's like being very optimistic. But um, right now I have a spot, like I said. We're just waiting for approval from the city, which mm -hmm. is taking a while. So um, I, I definitely want like a big open space. Um, I will have employees. It will be like a full bakery operation, which so I'm cool. so scared of because yeah. I know nothing about running a bakery or a restaurant or anything yeah. like that. I mean, <laughs> it's, I started, I mean, right now I still work by myself. So it's just me. I don't know how to be a boss to people. Like it's all new, but I'm hoping within the next year I'll have it all set up and ready because I'm super excited. Yeah, I mean, you've got to figure it out as you go, right? Yeah. And, and there's, there's beauty in like the ugly process, yeah. right? You just have to figure out what works, what doesn't work, what sticks, what doesn't stick. Mm -hmm. And then that's how you become who you are in 10 years. There's no like cookie cutter way to like become oh, yeah. successful, right? Especially with what you're doing. I, I, I personally don't know anybody who's doing pop-up shops and like baking and then running their business on social media. Um, so that's really cool. Speaking of Thank social you. media, we basically did a Q&A type thing where people send in yeah. questions mm -hmm. um, on Instagram that they might have for you. Maybe we can answer a few of those. Oh yeah. Cool. Okay. So one of the questions that was sent in to Pam was, how do you do your food photography? And I'll link um, her stuff down below so you guys can check out her Instagram. It's awesome. <laughs> like the Flower Box Seattle. Yeah, I was amazed by what she told me earlier. But yeah, maybe could you explain? Yeah, yeah, I get that question quite often actually. And I think it's funny because I know nothing about food photography <laughs> or photography in general actually. Yeah. Like I know nothing about cameras or 
I, I shoot with my phone. <laughs> so mm-hmm. all I do is like put on portrait mode. I use natural lighting and that's it. So I didn't learn from anyone or like go to like photography mm-hmm. lessons or anything. Um, what yeah, platform do you edit on? Uh, I use v- Visco. Visco. Is that how it's pronounced? Uh, VSCO. Visco. Yeah. Yeah. I just Very use popular. that. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I guess always just use natural lighting. That's the only tip I really have. I just like uh, I see. I mean, I put things in a way that I think looks good, and then I take a picture of it, and that's it. There's no formal process. So. You guys heard it here first. <laughs> she runs a very aesthetically pleasing Instagram with photos from your phone. Yep. That's so cool because so many people, I mean, especially if this is like up my alley kind of, mm-hmm. but so many people are always like, I don't have the right camera, oh, yeah. I don't have the right lens. And then debating right. on like adding their shopping cart of like $4,000 worth of camera stuff so they can just start their Instagram. Oh, it's yeah. like, no, like you have iPhone XS camera now and iPhones <laughs> are insane, like portrait mode and you've grown a business with just photos from your phone. I was actually yeah. amazed. I thought you were taking photos like with the camera and then Not you told me all. you shot on your phone. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Trusty iPhone 7S. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's not even the 10s, it's no. the 7s. <laughs> I wish I had All right, that. another question we got from Instagram is, will you be making cakes in your new bakery? Okay, um, yeah, so I used to make cakes and they were really popular and when I announced that I wasn't gonna do custom cakes anymore, a lot of people were disappointed. So yes, I definitely wanna bring them back, but not uh, not necessarily layer cakes and like decorated ones or anything, but uh, just because I really love uh, experimenting with cake flavors and frostings and glazes and everything, I do want to have that for sure. Sweet. So uh, I am David Lee, he's happy. <laughs> um, what were some of the hardships you overcame while starting up the Flower Box Seattle? Uh, let's see, one of the really early hardships that I had was, um, it was tough facing rejection. I mm. mean, that's always tough, but um, when I was first starting out, I was desperate to find places to pop up at, and I would email all kinds of coffee shops around Seattle or restaurants, and they all said no, because, I mean, I had no name. Like, I was a nobody back then, mm-hmm. and no one heard of me, so um, it was rejection after, like, rejection, and that was tough, because I was thinking, maybe this isn't going to work. Like, mm. no one's willing to give me a chance, but... Uh, thankfully I did get a spot and after that it all went uphill because now like I'm getting other places asking me to pop up in their space so that's mm-hmm. really cool was that West Elm was the first one yeah you... West Elm was the first one but um, but you had like an actual after paid that... one like oh no they're actually they aren't paid oh so, you're all sponsored yeah, it's, it's kind of like a it's like uh, an easy like win-win situation for both businesses mm-hmm. because I come in with my donuts and like uh, bring like all these people to the business and then mm-hmm. uh, the other business they provide a space for me yeah so. oh yeah yeah but then you get paid from the people coming in to oh, buy yeah, your yeah. donuts right yeah. yeah 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 but it's like a win-win for them because they're sponsoring mm-hmm. this location and then yes. you get paid so it's like a win-win because you're selling your donuts at the spot yep. that's crazy so you got a bunch of rejections mm-hmm. but that one that you got yeah, after that you, it was you snowballed effect yeah. that's so that's that's another nugget guys okay <laughs> just like if you are trying to do something understand that rejection comes with that but all it takes is that one Mm -hmm. like thing to happen where everything changes it's kind of how i view like videos people trying to start videos for youtube it's like yeah you might not have your first hundred videos like no one might watch it but if that hundred and first video you make gets 
a million views, then mm -hmm. all your other videos are gonna snowball effect yeah. because a million people just came to your account. Yeah. So it'll all be worth it in the end. I'm a firm believer in that. So I'm gonna have some questions that I got on mine as well okay. that I can answer. I mean, you can answer. Who do you look up to? Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, first person that comes to mind is my mom because she is a super hard worker and she, I mean, she doesn't say it out loud much, but I know that she believes if you put your mind to it and you're passionate about something, you can do well because that's pretty much what she's showed me through all her support. So I definitely look up to her and it's not even in a baking way. Like I just looked up to her as a person. So yeah, definitely my mom. She's like a superhero to me. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, what's the what's been the biggest motivational factor for you to keep the flower box like growing? Uh, definitely the people who have been following along, like all the followers and supporters that I have. Um, without them, I would be always like doubtful and stuff. I would question whether I can do this or not. But time after time, people show up to my pop ups, and they're always very kind and supportive. So. Yeah, I owe it all to them. The OGs, the early adopters. Yeah. I, I think we're good. I think yeah. that was that wraps up the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for coming on as a guest. Actually, Thank first you. female guest <laughs> for Mid Convo. Yeah. And maybe we could do another podcast like this, mm -hmm. like a couple years down the road or yeah. a year or two. And then once you have your own store, we can maybe do the podcast in yes, your actual store. Sure. <laughs> That's going to be exciting. So mm -hmm. for those of you, for those people who are listening and watching, where can they go to check out your stuff? Like, uh, So I have my Instagram handle, which is at the Flower Box Seattle, flower, F-L-O-U-R. And then my website's uh, theflowerboxseattle.com. And yeah, contact information's all in there. Cool. Yeah. All right, well, thanks for coming on the show. And thanks for having me. <laughs> see you later. Yeah. Woo! Woo!